and welcome back to the Ladies Mixed Tech Missions podcast. Today, um, I'm here with Olivia and Laura, and my name is Sarah, and we're excited to be with you today to talk about various different things involving stateside. So you might be wondering, what well, what is stateside? But when when we as missionaries spend a certain amount of time on the field, it's good for us to, to be able to go back to the states for a period of time to visit our family, to visit churches, connect with our churches, and it's a little bit of time of rest and um, renewal. And so m- perhaps your church or your family member might be having uh, some of your family mis- missionaries coming to stateside soon, and you're curious, well, how can I encourage them, or what could I be doing to prepare for their arrival? And so today we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Laura, do you have anything that you would like to share, maybe some resources or any thoughts that you have on that? Okay, yeah, thank you, Sarah. Um, yeah, I, um, but I've, there's been a handful of books that I've found helpful because um, returning back to the States after being um, overseas is there are some challenges. And if you've never done it before, even if you have done it before, you may not fully understand what um, what someone is going through. Um, and um, uh, I, I just wanted to share some resources that um, if you have a, a friend, a loved one, if, if your church um, has missionaries that they have sent out, that you've sent out, uh, from your from your uh, from your church, there might be some. These are some good resources to share with people. These resources are for people who have really close family or friends, but also people in your church. I mean, um, that that you aren't that close to um, has some really good advice and wisdom in them. Um, so you might want to get a pencil and paper if you are interested in these. Um, you can find all of these books on Amazon.com. Some are available in Kindle Unlimited. So if you have a subscription to that, you can get the book for free. Um, the first book is called Receiving Them Well, A Guide on How to Support Your Loved One Returning from Humanitarian Aid or Mission Work. It's by Lisa Ennis, E-N-N-I-S, and Lori Bryan. Um, the main, I, I can come back to this book here in a little bit, but the main structure of the book, the main idea is... Um, is with, with someone who has returned, whether close or, or, or not that close to you, ask um, ask how you can best support them, listen, and hear them. Um, I think another idea from that book that's really helpful is to just make it known that, that you don't fully understand what they've been through, but you are wanting to understand. And if they know that you want to understand, it'll help them um, process. Um now, the rest of these books are are good for the missionary who is returning home, um, returning back to the States. Um, that Receiving Them Well is available free on Kindle Unlimited. This next book, Looming Transitions, Starting and R- Finishing Well in Cross-Cultural Service by Amy Young. This is a really good book, really small book. It's also available free on Kindle Unlimited. Um, uh, another book, Returning Well, Your Guide to Thriving Back Home, after serving cross culturally by Melissa Chaplin, that is um, not available on Kindle, but it's a printed book, and it's a workbook. Um, that would be a good gift for someone if um, if you have a loved one and they don't have that. That's a good gift for them to ha- to go through when they get back to the states, 
And um, you can even offer to go through it with them so you can help understand them and what they're going through. Uh, but it's a good, um, it's a workbook. It's, it's good to go with, through it with someone. Um, ending well, how do you say goodbye to your life overseas and prepare for reentry by Ellen Resenberg. Also, that's free on Kindle Unlimited. That's a really good one. Uh, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I'm pretty sure this, this one, it does have a lot of good advice for family and friends receiving um, someone from, from, uh, from uh, the mission field. That would be a good one. All these are pretty short, easy reads. Um, and uh, the last one is called Reentry, Making the Transition from Missions to Life at Home by Peter Jordan. And it's available on Kindle. Um, it's a really simple, easy read. That one would be good for people um, to kind of help understand what missionaries are going through. But it's also a good one for the missionary. Those are some awesome resources, Laura. Thank you so much for sharing those. Laura, which one of those books that you recommend do you think would be the best one to recommend to friends and family? Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, I I would um, recommend that first one that I, I mentioned, Receiving Them Well. Um, I have um, some clips, um, some parts of it that I wanted to share. Um, it has lots of, it, it's really, really short. If you're not a reader, um, like my family and friends back home, they're, they're not really, uh, some of them are, but some of them just aren't readers. And um, and it, and if I were to suggest a book to them, they would kind of maybe laugh at me, you know, like, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> right. But this is a really, really short book, um, and it's very applicable. Um, but um, I think if nothing else, having this book and reading it is an investment into your loved one to show them that you really do care about them. I think um, if I had family and friends that, that I, well, I have had um, friends who read this, uh, several of them who read this book for me, um, it, it, that alone is, is a deposit of, um, of love in, in to, into me as I'm returning to make me feel like I'm not forgotten. I'm not alone. Um, but um, they, have, um, different, they have different things in it of uh, practical things. Like this one says, um, what are, they had asked um, some friends, uh, what are some of the most important things a loved one could do for you when you return home? And there's a long list. Some of those include um, give grace for my tiredness, moodiness, etc. Provide a safe and loving space for me to process and have open communication. Um, I like this one. Listen, but don't fix me. Um, don't judge me or the country that I just poured my heart out to. Um, show me. This one's really good. This one's really valuable. There are creative ways to do this. Um, Show me that my place in your life has not been filled by something or someone else. Let me rest. Um, not, there's, there's lots of, I could just keep going. There's lots of great um, advice. This one I think is also very important. Invite me to be a part of your life. Um, I think um, a lot of times it's easy, especially in the United States, you get busy and you have your life and you have the people in it that you're investing in and you can't choose everyone and everything, so you have priorities. And... Um, this one, make that missionary a priority in your life. Um, but that means something may have to, to be put a set aside. But if that person's a priority, they're, they're more important than all those little things. So um, if nothing else, let them know that they are a priority to you. Um, the book also talks about a grief cycle and transition cycle. Um, there, is a, there is grief. There's loss when you have... Um, given up a lot of things and gone to a new country and learned the new language and the culture and 
you never stop learning the culture and the language. Um, it, it just never just seems completely easy. But, um, and then when you, when you let go of that and come back to the United States, even for a, a, t a small time period, there's, there's loss there. There's relationships that you miss. There's people that you wonder, how are they? Um, so um, there's a cycle of grief. And, and reading this book can help loved ones, can help a church, a, a small group in a church that wants to support a missionary, even if it's not someone that you're really close to. That can be a, a game changer for that person or that family that's coming back from, the, from, the, from overseas even if just for a small visit. Um, again, letting them know that, that, that you care about them by, um, by reading this book. So there's other things. There, there's um, questions and comments that they recommend that people not say um, when they return. There's a, a whole section on that, and that's really good. There's a, um, a section on what... There is, it's, it's so nice because there's a section on what to tell people if you're really close to them, or what to ask people, and there's a section on what to a what not to ask people, if you're not very close to them. So um, there's a lot of great um, tidbits and um, advice in this book. So Do you have any tidbits on what? Can you just share one or two of the what not to what not what not to, to say or do what not to say? Yeah, I do. Um, sure. Um, there are some things that they recommend that you not say upon someone's return is um, uh, telling someone if they're, if they're struggling, and even if something they're struggling with is, seems really small and minor to you, it's easy to, to, especially if you're really close to somebody, if it's like a somebody in your family or something that you can, this seems kind of harsh to me, but it says um, just get over it so you can have a normal life again. Um, but something even not that harsh, but talking about a normal life or, um, or, or even maybe that attitude of expecting someone to get over the loss. So I have a story that goes with that, um, talking about, you know, not to tell your missionary coming back just to get over that small thing that might be insignificant. Um, a story that I have from a previous time I served overseas and coming back to the States for a year. Um, when I came back, I really wanted to help my parents just because the first few months I was there and I was resting and um, wasn't sure where the Lord was calling me next and I was taking that time and um, resting with my family and with um, with the Lord and just praying about what what he was leading me to next and so um, as I was staying at my parents house uh, I just wanted to help them in their daily lives I mean like you were saying Laura um, everyone, you go back and everyone is continuing what their life is. And so for them, they were getting up early and making their breakfast, eating on their own schedule, which was different from what mine had been. Um, they were taking care of my grandma who had moved in while I was away. Um, they had new grandbabies, some of them that I had not met before, and they had a schedule of um, babysitting. They had their jobs that they went to, all these things. Um, and so I was coming back and I mean, I was just sitting at home and I wanted to help my parents. Um, I wanted something to do for them and to show them that I really appreciated that I could still be at their house with them um, and spend time with them. And so one day I offered to my mom um, to do grocery shopping for her because I thought, well, that's super easy, right? Like, 
I know how to buy groceries. I'm old enough. I've had plenty of experience um, going and buying food in a grocery store. I can do that. So I asked her for a list. And I mean, I think I'd been back home about two weeks and um, she gave me a grocery list and I went to the store and I went in and it was very overwhelming. I walked maybe down two or three aisles and um, I got stuck in the cheese aisle because where I had served, there wasn't um, a lot of options for something as simple as cheese. Um, There was like two options. You just bought it. You had to buy in bulk. You're five hours away from a grocery store, all these things. And so my past year and a half experience of grocery shopping looked very different. So when I came back to the States and offered to do the simple task for my mom, um, I got stuck in the cheese aisle, overwhelmed that there are at least six different types of Swiss cheese. And then you have white cheddar and yellow cheddar, aged, not aged, mozzarella, mixed, shredded, sliced, all these things. Um, And so it was just very overwhelming. And I remember I just left the store and I went into the parking lot and I cried for a good little bit. Um, And then I called my mom and I told her that I couldn't shop because I didn't know what she preferred. I didn't know what she wanted, even though she had given me a written list. Um, And it felt very defeating. But telling her that and she had read this book, um, she understood and she offered if I would wait that later in the day she would take me out and we could go together and she could remind me the things that they um, that they like to get and she told me it was totally fine and so um, she didn't belittle me she didn't tell me you know just get over it and buy some cheese like it should be simple I have a list but um, she offered to do it with me and to help me transition back into something as simple as grocery shopping so that I could be a part of their daily lives and I could contribute to what they were doing um, with those simple things, but not making me feel, I guess, like I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. It's so true. Um, and I think I think a lot of people don't know because they haven't lived it. And uh, if you haven't lived it, it's okay that if you don't know. Um, but reading a book like this, it, I mean, I think it might even be just 30 pages of a book, but, um, and again, it's free on Kindle Unlimited. Um, and, and I mean, buying this book, I, I have um, a friend that I bought this book for her family and friends to read. Um, but um, it's, it's a really helpful book. Like the other, que- the other thing that they suggest not to say is, um, and you would never think this was a negative thing. You would never think this could hurt someone. And it may not hurt everyone. But you never know where someone is at any moment. Um, but it's uh, this this person wrote up the what not to say is I bet you are glad to be back home, and that sounds great. But to them, to someone that's been overseas, that's their home, and 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 especially if they've been there a long time, that's their home, and and they want to be back home. Um, and so, um, uh, uh, just this book is a really good resource to help people know, understand a little bit more. And again, if I, there's grace, there's grace. That's one thing this book talks about: is giving, giving your loved ones grace. Um, 
like if they are having a, a moment in the car and they're crying and they just need some space, give them grace. Just understand. Like Olivia said, her, her mom was, was for her, that did for her. Um, the, a couple of more things in here real quick. It says it has um, a short list of surface questions that are good to have in the first two weeks or so or to start out um, a deeper conversation. And one of those examples is, um, what do you miss about the country where you were? Uh, can we look at your pictures together sometime? Um, looking through pictures can be a really helpful. Uh, th that is a way for you to be able to share with the person and for them to truly kind of get a better idea of, of what it was like. And and while you're sharing those pictures with, with, with your loved one, um, it's great to point out the positives and um, that you see in those pictures. Um, another one is tell me about the people of that country or culture. Again, you, you are one, you're a learner. You're wanting to understand where they came from and um, how you can. Because if you understand that, you can know better how to help them, how to empathize. Um, and it has a short list of deeper questions for after two weeks or so. Um, you can go into deeper conversation um, and one of those is, what characteristics of the culture did you find most beautiful or most difficult? Um, what is it like being here now? What length of time do you think you will, um, what length of time do you think will be best for you in order to, for you to get the rest you need? Um, just great. These are all empathy questions, empathetic, where you are just willing, just letting them know you're willing to meet them where they are. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be, your daughter, it doesn't have to be your sister um, or your brother, or uh, it, it can be, it doesn't have to be your best friend. It can be a small group. You, you're a small group leader in your church and you have missionaries that you've sent out and you want to better understand that they're coming back and you want to be that support for them. That can be such a game changer if your small group were to do something like that. Those are amazing examples, Laura. Thank you so much. And y'all might be thinking, um, well, yeah, I mean, Olivia explained it well, but you're thinking, well, well, wouldn't it be a relief to come back to the big grocery store or the church building? Well, here we don't even have a church right now. So when we step foot in a church building, it's overwhelming. W I had the same grocery store experience. I think it took me two hours to get like 15 items and I was going in circles, you know, and and all these different things all come back to this word culture shock. Right. And so, Olivia, I know you could probably explain well to us um, what culture shock is, perhaps when we arrive at our country, but then also what it's like r when we come back, which is called reverse culture shock. Yeah. So culture shock, um, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but going overseas somewhere, um, a lot of people don't think about sometimes because they're just so excited about the place that they're going. Maybe it's somewhere that they have felt called to for a long time, or um, maybe it was something that God just set before them and it was a surprise, but they've heard more, researched more. Uh, maybe they have teammates that they're going to the job, you know, whatever it is. And they have so much excitement, but um, sometimes people don't think about the aspect of culture shock going overseas into a new culture. Um, and so culture shock is um, arriving somewhere new, 
overseas and experiencing lots of things again for the first time. And so that would be you're entering into a new language that maybe they don't know at all or they know very little. Um, And that can be overwhelming when you are grocery shopping, daily communicating. Maybe you need to go to um, the store or drive a car or tell a taxi driver where you need to go all in a different language that you don't know and you feel like a child trying to communicate and that can be very overwhelming and sometimes just scary or frustrating Um, and so you feel lots of emotions in that Um, but then also the culture itself maybe you're very far out like we are um, and that's very different Um, other people maybe you're going to a big city of 8 million and you grew up in a small town. I mean, that's complete opposite of what you're used to. And so um, varying things that can happen there. Um, Also foods or smells, sights. Um, Some things here, for example, would be all the sounds, the noises here. Um, Living in a concrete house and just having gaps between my windows and doors and things. Um, I usually hear lots of interesting things at night. And so culture shock for me here was um, the fireworks initially. Just they have fireworks here to um, celebrate their saints, to celebrate at birthday parties, to signify someone's death perhaps. Um, Also celebrating the finishing of a house. So, I mean, there's fireworks all times of the day. And that is a culture shock. That's not something that I was used to hearing in the United States. Um, And so I hear lots of different sounds. The smells are different. Um, You know, the climate is a little bit different language. So all these things that you come into and they are a shock to you. Um, but then slowly over time and with God's grace and the people that he's placed in your life and, um, just confirmation through his word and the working of his Holy Spirit to sanctify you and help you, um, adjust and be able to adjust well and adapt to these different things or learn them. Um, sometimes you just bear with them and you, you're able to laugh at them later on, um, just God's grace in all of it. Well, those things are about the same. They flip when you go back to the States. And so reverse culture shock for your loved one, um, or again, just someone that you know from your church um, coming back to the United States is um, the same thing. It can be saddening to go back to the States and all you hear is English perhaps when you were so used to speaking a different language and hearing a different different language. Um, maybe you feel sad that you're losing your language because you can't keep up the practice of it where you go back in the States. Um, you miss the food that you grew accustomed to. You go home and it's so quiet in the States And you miss suddenly the dogs barking or the fireworks or it's hard for you to actually get sleep because you grew accustomed to the sounds at night that now you might need a sound machine. Um, Maybe even some of the transportation or different things like that. And I think 
for my experience, even seeing um, just where I had previously served and and the way I was living and how it was all very different. And I had moved overseas and it was, you know, minimal possessions that I took with me. And then coming back to the States and being overwhelmed at some of the possessions that my family members had and what people seemed to focus on um, was frustrating for me. Um, And that was definitely a hard thing reverse culture shock moment so lots of different things that your um that your missionary coming back can be dealing with just day-to-day stuff like the size of the church or the grocery store or the style of worship and missing where they had previously served having adapted to the language and the differences and growing to love them even some of the hard things that maybe they didn't realize that they enjoyed, that when they come back to the States, they yearn for the even the hard stuff. They yearn for those moments of when um, it rained so hard that the roof was leaking. And it was frustrating, but it was funny later on that now they just wonder why it's not like that. And so just some insights, I think, to understand that terminology, the reverse culture shock of what those missionaries um, experience upon coming back to the States and, again, using those different ways um, on how you could encourage them and ask them about what the culture was like and just getting an ex- exposure to um, to where they serve. Thank you, Olivia. That's s- some really good information on culture shock. Thank you, Laura. It's been great to be with you today, and maybe we'll see you guys on stateside someday. And so thank you. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for praying for us, and we will see you next time.